No, no, that was just me, uh, force <laughs> of habit, pressing the button. I always tend okay. to mute myself when I'm not speaking because um, it's a bit of a frenetic household here. If it's not the cat charging around the, the table, it'll be one of the kids. <laughs> so are, the kids are the kids chasing the cat or is the cat chasing the kids? Uh, it's usually the cat chasing the kids, to be fair. she's This time of night, she's oh, a bit miserable. Bless. I'm not but, surprised she's being chased. Yeah, exactly. But so the, the, um, the cat is sleeping here, so he's not chasing anyone around here. <laughs> I don't think my cat sleeps. She just sits there and kind of goes into standby mode and waits for somebody to get close enough for her to jump on. Welcome to the MVP podcast. I am your host today, Jez Marsh, and today I have two guests. I'll let them introduce themselves. Number one. Uh, hello, I'm uh, Mark Roberts. And I'm Holger Mund. All right, I guess our Skype issues uh, <laughs> finally got sorted out so we're gonna switch to our last topic tonight so it's gonna be a, a i think a kind of short conversation maybe we can stretch the last one out a little bit to uh, make a longer um, session for that so the last one is agent versus agent less um jess you already said you're gonna like that one so why don't you just start out because i do have a very <laughs> a very diversative um, opinion on agent versus agent less okay sure um well i'm a big fan of the orion agent and the capabilities that it gives but rather than just being specifically solar winds um when it comes to the agent i personally find a lot of uh, resistance from security teams when it comes to suggesting that we roll out a Windows and, and Starnix agent to all servers in, in an organization, if I'm deploying a Greenfield instance. I mean, it's not something that I would do for every single uh, instance I put in, but if you've got SAM, um, certainly if you're uh, heavily in, you've got lots of heavy applications in your environment, the agent gives you those extra metrics you wouldn't get otherwise. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's not just the Orion agent either. There's a healthy amount of uh, paranoia, and it is healthy because you've got to keep your environment secure. Um, when it comes to installing agents, what do they do? What ports do they want? What access do they have? What can, they, what can be done through them? So whilst they tend to be a lot more fully featured and give uh, certainly in Orion a lot more metrics on a particular node if monitored by an agent it, it can be difficult to get it rolled out and I'll we'll talk about the updating of them later on but uh, what about you Mark what's your take on it well it's interesting because SolarWinds up until when do they bring this in 2013-2014 um, have always been an agent less uh, monitoring uh, solution and um, their marketing actually kind of extolled that so you don't need them they're going to give you all, everything you're going to really need um, with agent list but the reality is there are many circumstances where um, 
that is not viable. Uh, we'll go through some of those probably in more detail in a minute. But the um, the concept here is um, when do you choose one over the other? Uh, what are the drivers towards using an agent versus an agent-less approach? Uh, from my point of view, uh, when we talk to our customers, um, agent-less is always the priority to aim for. If we can do agent-less, in all honesty, that is the way that we uh, go forward. Predominantly, when we're talking about monitoring uh, Windows servers via WMI, if we've got that capability, um, as long as there are no kind of scripting functions in SAM or whatever, then uh, that is our preferred model. How do you guys feel about that? Is Would that be down to the technical debt involved in managing the agents for that recommendation? Um, it's kind of exactly what you just said there. It's, it's the um, requirements that you're installing something on a server. So there is going to be a bigger influence on that server by having an application continuously running, continuously capturing data. Um, this whole concept of um, when you observe something, you are influencing the outcome and the behavior of that uh, entity. In the case of um, our universe, that is going to be uh, the impact on the resources and the compute uh, that that system is uh, consuming. So that is a consideration. You've also got the manageability of that. A, you've got to deploy it. Well, that's very quick and easy. You can do that very nicely through the Orion GUI. But do you have accessibility to do that? Um, what happens with regards putting that into your gold image? Uh, so there's, from that point of view, there are security impacts. There are um, uh, the key ones being the fact that there is something running on that endpoint. And as I say, the manageability from that point forward. Most of the time, I would do exactly the opposite. I would go and aim for use the agent because it gives you more inside visibility. And I believe that the security issues that people have concerns about are not the ones that are that big of a risk uh, in order what you get in return. So if you have the, the agent installed, you get the application dependencies you get also more insights on uh what was it else uh, except for the um, application insights I, I personally believe with uh i've seen it with some clients where wmi is taken so much resources out of the system that um the, the agent doesn't do that while on the other hand we had uh the bug with the agent where it was taking ram until i think four gig and then it crashed and it rose up back to again four gigs so i i don't see the the, the benefits on either of them and if i get more information with the agent why should i not use the agent on on many of my clients they they are not the the, the very very big enterprises they're uh, the, the German Mittelstand, uh, up to 1,000, 1,500 employees and down to maybe 200 employees. Um, so they they don't have the, the big concerns that uh, you would have in a very large enterprise. So they go with, okay, we can manage that with our 500, 600 servers and we can deploy the agent, we can see the risk we will manage the risk of putting a software on on a server that's where i usually have very good uh experience with with the agent in in those environments i don't know how how big your clients or, or customers are um for mine i i usually aim for the agent not for agentless yeah and, go on mark 
Oh, was, was, and you, you highlighted obviously one of the big things uh, there with regards. Um, well, actually, if we go through the the key drivers for um, agent-based, so uh, one of the first ones is accessibility. Um, the agent you can define to use a single port, and you can define it to use um, one-way communication, i.e., from the endpoint to the Orion server or indeed the Orion server to the endpoint. So there you've got more control over the security model, which ports are gonna be open, which direction the communication is gonna take place. Um, with the agent, also if we lose connectivity to the Orion server, uh, it will cache the, polling, uh, the monitoring data and send it up when it uh, has connectivity restored. Um, and then you, as you highlighted there, one of the things is this kind of um, connectivity mapper. So it has that instat function where you can identify what communication ports are open uh, and it uses that data to um, identify, for example, that this web server is connected to this database server and therefore there is a, an interdependency between them. Yeah, it's also encrypted trans tra in in transport as well, which is a benefit for the security side of it. So the communications between Orion and agent and based and the other way around is is encrypted. So that's a another use case for it. And then you've got the extra plugins as well. So any agent could potentially be a, a NetPath probe. Um, and then also the Orion remote collector, which I don't know whether you guys have played around with, but it it has its use cases. I didn't uh, didn't play around with it, but there, there's something else that um, when the discussions that I had, should we use the agent or should we not? So the 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 agentless guys they say, well, it's a piece of software that has to be maintained by someone. It is not error prone it uh it, there has to be some some certification some testing done with that piece of software that's running on the machine it has very um very strong uh, operating system rights it it, it is uh, acting as the operating system or uh, as a system account so to say and those guys are very concerned about the security of the software itself but like you said they forget that the security that's built on top of it by having secured connection, by having defined ports, by not having to open uh, random high ports for WMI or for any other stuff and um, not using standard ports. Well, 17.778 and 7.79 are becoming standard ports for, for our community at least. Um, so th that's something that the, the people that have concerns about the agent often forget that they get something on top of it with the agent and not um, the the actual concern that they have that the software is not secure. It's, it's not something that is that big of an impact as compared to the benefits you get. Yeah. So let's have a, let's have a talk about the main reasons why a customer would say no to either of them. Uh, so for example, um i'll kick it off because i suggested it for um the people who would say no to um agentless they if they have devices um which are <coughs> either in um desperate locations connectivity is poor back to the orion server they may want to use the agent because of what mark said you know the, the, it caches the the, the information um 
if it loses connectivity and also you have that um, encrypted in transmission so if it's going to have to go over a WAN um, you know that that information is secure uh, and come, coming to the other side of it the customers who would say no to an agent deployment mainly in my experience I get I get two two main reasons why they'd say no the first one is the technical debt in, in keeping it updated and the way and the org how you organize the updates of the agents um, and the other one <coughs> is time uh, to testing so if you have a big customer which has multiple um, bespoke applications then if you have to have a new version of an agent especially in a unix environment um, you have to test it in every single one of these applications to make sure that it's not going to have an impact um, those are the main reasons why i get pushbacks uh, is that common from your experience mark uh, yeah absolutely and so to echo what you just said there the um, overhead of the agents and the, uh, the manageability is not a massive burden in reality because it's self-maintaining. Yeah? You upgrade SolarWinds, the Orion server, and it will automatically upgrade the agents. The problem with that is that level of control. Um, when you do that upgrade, there is no, okay, go and upgrade the agents now. Um, there is um, a, a disconnection from that. And therefore, as you say, you need to be in a position of control whereby when you do upgrades, it's not just the application that we're talking about upgrading here. It's also then going to be all of the agents that sit on those machines. Um, there is a very rare situation where a reboot may be required. And so from that point of view, um, again, you're in a position where you're impacting a production level environment with behavior that may not be um, uh, permissible at all times. So um, with that agent-based scenario, um, there are absolute benefits, um, but there are also reasons why a customer will turn around and say no. Um, on the agent-less approach, just to highlight, uh, the WMI is pretty secure. The encryption um, is included in the handshaking phase automatically, and there are ways of encrypting the data payload as well. But the reality is the, the data that's being sent over following that authentication uh, is of minimal security exposure, expect, except in the really high security environments. So uh, do, do most of your clients that use WMI leverage the possibility to secure it, or do they just say, ah, it's WMI, it's an industrial standard, we're just going to take it and, and yeah. work with it? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, yeah. That, say, that's what I thought. Yeah, exactly. As I really only it's going to be the kind of um, uh, high levels of government and military um, and um, big finance organizations that are going to consider looking at um, the driver for encryption of communication. Um, as I say the authentication side of things is fully encrypted uh, as part of that protocol. Uh, and once you start having that conversation with customers, that tends to be enough because the then you're saying, well, what are you actually exposing? Well, there's still some stuff, but the reality is somebody needs to be on your network they need to be sniffing those packets that's right yeah. to, to learn anything so uh, again understanding that risk um, uh, then determines which direction the decisions may be taken and that's what i think as well because if you're on a, on a closed network and not on any um, wan lines that are not tunneled through a vpn but 
use some sort of direct connection. I don't know who would do that, but in case if you would do that, that's something where you need to consider secure secure connections than you um, get with with WMI but if you're on a, on a VPN or on a closed network I guess that should be fine yeah so yeah so kind of then looping back to the issues with agent less SNMP um, the big issues with SNMP is um, the the depth of information that isn't is available in um, all circumstances now so when we're talking about network devices it's still the incumbent uh, monitoring protocol but with servers even linux servers you're not going to get anywhere near the richness of information that you're going to be able to get from other protocols and so with snmp being deprecated on windows i can't even remember the last time we configured a Windows server to be monitored via SNMP. It's been that long. And so for Windows servers, it's very much that decision between which way do you go, a WMI or the agent. Because of the fundamentals of this port communication. So um, the, hat, the, the communication process is it opens a port via uh, TCP-135 and then it's going to go for an ephemeral port. And so anything above 1024 um, is then going to need to be open because it's going to be chosen dynamically. Yep. When you have that conversation with that security admin, they they kind of have a problem with that. That's yeah. that's usually what happens as well. Yeah, they they say no, we're not going to open those ports. <laughs> Do yeah. something else, and that's where you can step in and say, okay, we got something right here. We're going to use the agent. Yeah, uh, yeah, but you'll, we still have situations where we'll have that discussion with the security team and we'll say uh, we can lock it down to the polling address servers. Um, we can make it secure. There is encryption capabilities in the handshaking. So uh, you are still in control of the communication, but you're not in the level of control that possibly you want to be. And again, a decision can come out the back of that. If they're not happy with that, then um, and I have I cannot remember the last time we've implemented this. It is possible to um, uh, hard set a, a static port in WMI, but it's just a painful, painful process. Uh, and you really wouldn't go through that because we're talking registry hacks uh, to make that work. Yeah, you can you can you can uh, use uh, you can reduce the RPC ports that the number of ephemeral ports that Windows will respond to as well. And I've I worked in MSP uh, years ago now that did that to make it easier to open WMI for their customers. It, it was a multi-tenanted environment, so they had lots of different subnets. But um, yeah, they were pretty close to exhausting the ports at one point uh, because of the what, what they did to um, make it easier for the security team. Um, yeah, I mean, incidentally, the, the comment that Mark just made about uh, servers and not using SNMP, uh, the current customer that I'm working at use, uh, well, they use SNMP for monitoring everything. Um, Including was... Windows servers? Indeed. Wow. I do I do have those as well, but use SNMP. We yeah, there's a use, there's a use case issues. for it, but it's fiddly. Yep. <laughs> oh, are, we, are we talking, uh, obviously don't want to go into detail on this, Jess, but are you talking uh, Windows 2003, 2008 servers here? Everything. Uh, and all the way up to, obviously, with 2019, you have to um, install an agent. You have to. They a, have, yeah, a, they haven't got anything that new yet. But right, no, I, 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 it was a choice going back a long time ago, and I and I understand it. And it, it but there are customers out there that um, 
use wonky protocols because it's almost for me being a, a an old third line microsoft engineer back in the day before i picked up the monitoring piece monitoring a, a windows server with snmp just it, it just feels almost alien <laughs> in a way especially when you've got wmi there just waiting to be used but well this goes back to what holger says in terms of his driver for using the agent in the fact that it gives you um a bit more uh, monitoring data uh, from that well with snmp versus wmi there's a, a much bigger gulf um uh, in sam for example when you add a, a server and you're monitoring the services um, via snmp here's the services up or down uh, whereas with wmi you're going to get um, uh, a lot more information with regards disk performance and um, uh, cpu and memory of that um, service as well so it's, it's just a whole richer picture and so i haven't had to that have that conversation for a good while but it was always a very common uh, discussion uh, with 2003 and 2008 servers there was that which is better well snmp is a bit more efficient i think um if i remember my discussions from uh, way back when it was um a four times less bandwidth it was um less on the cpu load and all that kind of thing um but then you offset that with the fact that you don't have as much data coming out well my clients they did use the snmp option because um I, let's see if i recall it correctly um it was a server that is rebuilt on a daily basis by Citrix. It was some some Citrix stuff, and uh, once we installed the agent, uh, it always kept up coming as a new agent, and the old system was coming down. When we used WMI, I think the disks, uh, the disk IDs, wasn't pulled correctly, and the only way we could um, trash that server each day and rebuild it uh, automatically and have it monitored daily was to use SNMP. I guess that was one of the, the, the points where um, SNMP would be the only option for, for monitoring that in order to not have any false positives um, regarding to have um, outdated uh, disk data or duplicate nodes in your environment because the agent is registered with a new ID and it creates a new node. Yeah, that's a great use case for um, having to work through the options available to find the one that fits that, uh, that circumstance. One of the other things uh, actually to um, highlight on WMI is uh, that kind of default on it uh, requiring a, a high escalation privilege account so a domain admin account um, is a common um, necessity uh, for WMI uh, there are methods of uh, restricting that down to a lower privilege level uh, but some quite common environments uh, have security issues with the fact that the GPOs are going to prevent that from working and then again we go back into the realms of having to do registry um, hacks to make these things work to to allow a restricted user account to operate via WMI so that would also then be, be an option either for uh, the agent or for that's, SNMP. Yeah, that's absolutely a big driver to then move to the agent. Um, yeah. uh, I say the the WMI protocol is designed for managing a whole Windows environment. SolarWinds just happens yeah. to be leveraging it to collect specific uh, read-only data out. And so that need for it to be a high-level privilege account is not there. Um, but the way that Windows is designed, 
it just makes it very difficult in many circumstances to, to really restrict that down. I think what we'll do is put, because um, there is a very good KB article from SolarWinds on uh, the configuration of WMI um, for that restricted uh, account. So if people are looking at, at uh, listening to this blog and realizing that they are using WMI um, uh, for their environment and they want to restrict that down, then that could be a reference point. That's a good point to to take into the notes of that recording here. Um, so, Jess, I think we, we cut you off uh, earlier. You wanted to say something. I, I saw the, the microphone go to unmute. So I guess you, you wanted to add something to the conversation as well. No, no, that was just me, uh, force <laughs> of habit, pressing the button. I always tend okay. to mute myself when I'm not speaking because um, it's a bit of a phonetic household here. If it's not the cat charging around the, the table, it'll be one of the kids. <laughs> so the mean, kids are the kids chasing the cat or is the cat chasing the kids? Uh, it's usually the cat chasing the kids, to be fair. she's This time of night, she's oh, a bit bless. miserable. I'm not but, surprised she's being chased. Yeah, exactly. But so the, um, the, the cat is sleeping here, so he's not chasing anyone around here. <laughs> I don't think my cat sleeps. She just sits there and kind of goes into standby mode and waits for somebody to get close enough for her to jump on, uh, <laughs> especially this time of night. So it's an interesting one. Uh, it's not really related to any of the three topics we had today, but... Obviously, SNMP, even version three and WMI, both of those protocols have been around for a long time. Um, do you think there's ever going to be one that's created that actually crosses the boundary between the technology stacks, one that's a, almost a universal API almost for monitoring, um, which will replace this to make our lives a bit easier? Are you are you expecting an industry standard to come along that says this is a web service API structure that works across all systems in the similar way to the kind of the um, SNMP MIB definition? I'm just waving my technical magic <laughs> magic wand here to see. Do you think I, it'll I'm, ever happen? I'm just I'm just wondering if you're actually awake or asleep and dreaming because <laughs> um, I think you, uh, IT is well known for creating standards. Somebody coming along and saying, oh, we can improve this and make it better, or well, we don't want to join that party. We'll do things our own way. It, I, I would love to say yes. The reality is I would be um, immensely shocked if anything like that ever came along. Wasn't there an um, an, an initiative to, to do it that way? I, I've I think I recall a discussion at a Solowin's user group about that magic standard that's being discussed or something you can can is, is anyone recalling that from from a solomon's user group not, ah. my, not myself but i would be surprised if the etf hadn't at least tried to put some feelers out but mark's absolutely right i mean there's there's uh, and, you know and it all comes down to money right there, there's too much money in coming up with a magic bullet like that somebody if they do come up with something which can be used for others they'll make sure it's tied to just their own platform so nobody else can use it. Um, yeah, you know, it's just human well, nature. I say there, there's kind of things there. Um, uh, there are semblance of standards. The fundamentals is the RESTful um, API is a standard. And so from that point, we are all very um, adept now at, at leveraging uh, an API to go and collect information out. That, that is the replacement for SNMP. 
whether there will be a central one that says, right, this is the data structure that you can form and these are therefore the common queries and uh, the common verbs that are going to be presented via this. Um, in the network space, you're kind of going to get that with um, uh, the situation with SDN. You've got um, netconf um, as part of that as well. But as I say, I'm really not sure there's ever going to be um, anything that's a full equivalent of the SNMP um, hierarchy where you've got this MIB2, which is that shared structure. Uh, and then you come along with your private branch to put the custom things you'd like to extend that in. I think yeah. netconf was the was the discussion that's uh, been around. I kind of recall the name now, uh, as you mentioned in netconf. And I, I do agree, once you have an, an API that's uh, somehow standardized, or the at least the, the structure is standardized, I guess we, we will come to a certain point where it might be some sort of a standard, but I, I do share your thought that it won't be a a standard standard where everyone agrees on the same stuff that's uh, that has to be called and queried and the same um, way of querying it. I, I, I do agree that I guess our industry is not capable of um, finding a standard for that. There's, there's just too many potential verbs, I suppose. You know, whilst the initial commands might be global, you still need to know the specific you know, for the, the technology or the application that you're trying to query that it'll actually respond on. Uh, maybe it'll only happen when Skynet turns up. You never know. You're obsessed with Skynet. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> but... Last week, I can't remember. No, it was probably, yeah, I probably do. Because when you think about it, right, that you, you look at how technology is evolving at the moment and there's so much more work being done in automation. Um, I can't help but be reminded by it uh, you know, the old Terminator film back in the day is that, you know, if we're not careful, <laughs> we could all end up being replaced. I'm just sitting here convinced that you've got an Alsatian at home trained to sniff. <laughs> no, I haven't. No, my, my dog, right, is is my mother's dog who sadly passed away in 2016. But the, my dog literally just lies on the sofa like a useless fat indoor sheep. She's well, a lovely, she's a lovely dog, but the only thing she's going to sniff out is basically people who've left some crusts on their table from when <laughs> they've had their breakfast toast. So, but you're saying that she's going to be useless when it when the apocalypse happens, yes? Yeah, probably. I mean, oh, the okay. cat, the cat will be all right. I just literally just hold her out in front, and you'll scare me <laughs> off. In fact, Holger's um, Holger's picture there looks a little bit like my cat. You know, that's about the sort of. <laughs> <laughs> the, the sort of happiness that she has at the time of night. That's a grumpy cat. Uh, if if you know the meme, uh, if, it's a it's a it's actually a, a thing on on the on the meme stuff. Uh, grumpy cat. It's 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 a real cat, and it has some sort of a genetic defect. Um, and that's how the the cat looks. If you want to just look it up, grumpy cat, you will see a lot of stuff on the internet. So. That's uh, yeah, but uh, with uh, Skynet go going back to the, the fear of, uh, of automation for for many people, there's there have been numerous occasions on TV, in movies, in TV shows where people are predicting that one time the the artificial intelligence will will take over. So. Hmm. <laughs> Do you think that'll ever happen? 
I'd hope not. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 across I, and all that. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we we've had the you know Asimov's books for long enough to realise that if we do create something that's that clever, there should be rules. But you know, we've all watched Battlestar Galactica, mm. the old toasters trying to wipe us out. Nah, I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, let's let's try and end the show on a happy note, guys. Yeah, yeah, not, <laughs> not really. Not, <laughs> oh, come not, on, this technology <laughs> that we know and love and work with every day is out to get us. Let, <laughs> let's let's point let's point a tar- dark picture. I do have a lot of examples, a lot of books, a lot of stuff that'll uh, say, okay, uh, AI will take over. But uh, well, <laughs> what's your favorite one then, Olga? Uh, there is a book, uh, I don't know if it's available in English, it's called Hologrammatica. That's uh, a very good thriller about uh, artificial intelligence that took over uh, in the 21st century. Uh, and yeah, it's, if, if you want to look it up, Hologrammatica. I had it as an audiobook. I listened to it while driving to, to clients and I was hoping for very long drives to get enough of the <laughs> of the story. So that's a really cool one and i don't know if it's it's available in english uh, i think it is uh, originally in german but uh, yeah hologrammatica yeah google only shows me a, a translated page from goodreads so it may not have got to english yet let's let, let's hope for it that it'll sometime but um, some other stuff where artificial intelligence is um, let's say um, Pointed very dark would also be the the Black Mirror um, episodes uh, on on Netflix. Yeah. Well, I've just started watching that. I'm outing myself as a Netflix junkie now. So (laughs) (laughs) the box set generation. Yeah. Yeah. Just. uh, Did did you see what was the one called? Like uh, Archangel. Have you you seen that episode? uh, Where they they put where they the, the parents put that chip in in the child so they can protect them from anything yes. that might scare yes. them and stuff yes. Yes. yeah that that was that was tough to watch because i've got two daughters myself and i was like okay <laughs> there are many uh black mirror episodes where i say okay no no uh, I, I i can see where they got the idea from and i can see okay this started a little bit already but um i don't want that to happen um and there's one episode where they do have the uh, the social points system where you get plus points for doing good and the negative points if you don't behave like society wants you to behave. And I thought, oh my God, someone stole that and uh, is trying to implement that in an actual country right now. So it's like Reddit upvotes and downvotes yeah but with uh people and everyone can see what's your what your score is and so i thought ooh, well <laughs> some countries trying to do that and let, let's not get too political here but um i i, I can you you can see these the side effects of that in, in in that episode once you think about it and it's okay yeah that might happen yeah so 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 uh, a warning Black, to everyone. <laughs> Black Mirror, not one to watch if you have a tinfoil hat, right? Uh, no, not not at all. Like the discussion we had in the in the Thwack channel with uh, that believe that the Earth is not a globe. Oh man, 
Yeah. It is incredible, isn't it, in this day and age, that there is actually a movement of people that believe the Earth is flat. It, it is shocking because conspiracy theories abound. You can you can get credence in a lot of things, and you can kind of understand why people um, get um, uh, along that path. But the reality of the Earth being flat, when every other object that they see in the sky is round. And there are pictures, an abundance of the Earth being a big globe is still shocking that people think they're going to walk and walk and walk and fall off the edge. Yeah, I, I actually finished watching that. It's called Behind the Curve. If, if it just it basically watch it if you if you've got some spare time, because it's yeah, I mean, as Mark says, it's it's odd how the lengths that people will go to to try and prove something which all the other counter evidence would suggest it's clearly not true. I I watched that uh, documentary, I think last week. So it's, I I can confirm it's, it's really scary when um, they, they, they say that it's a scientific method, but it's the opposite of scientific method. They say, okay, this is what I believe. And I try to make the world work to my beliefs. Not, okay, I do think it is that way. Let's try to prove it. And if it doesn't work out, I have to rethink and maybe come up with another idea. That's that's what what I learned is it's the scientific method. You yeah. come up with a theory, you prove or disprove the theory. And if you disprove it, you have to come up with a new theory. Well, that kind of seems to be looping back to our excellent podcast. If you've not heard it from last week, please check it out on Brexit, where our politicians are in exactly that same mindset. I thought we weren't going to talk about Brexit this week. Uh, who, said, who said that? Who made that promise? Uh. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, did you hear the latest? Um, allegedly, the Prime Minister has actually said she's going to step down and let somebody else take on the next lot. And I think yeah. that's literally just to placate the ERG who are going to try and push this deal through even though they think it's nonsense i, yeah. I just i just oh, don't no. understand she, yeah, to, 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 be, to be honest i know why she would step down i i, I would have uh, quit long time ago i said okay this is this is the deal you don't want that deal i bring another one to the table you don't want that okay what do you want you can't tell me okay g- go figure it out yourself what what an amazing <laughs> legacy I, I will I will leave this job as soon as I've screwed up the entire country and part of the eurozone, um, and leave someone else to to deal with the fallout. Excellent, love it. That's well, what that's what David Cameron did. That's right. That that that's to blame the ones before that and the 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 the, the ones well, that dealt with it. Yeah, but the, the thing with Cameron is that he left when he lost the Brexit vote, so he kind of fell on his sword. And rather than stand up and say, right, OK, I gave you this opportunity to vote. Um, you didn't kind of go with what I hoped you were going to do. But now I'm going to deal with this and see this through. That's one thing. But with with May, it's just uh, I'm going to try and get a policy through Parliament. Oh, I didn't get it right the first time. I'm going to try again. Didn't get it that time. So now I'm going to give them a, an offer and say, well, I'll leave if you vote for this again. Well, it was the yeah. biggest... The two is, biggest isn't, isn't defeats that what for a government. They wanted? Is, isn't that what uh, the parliament wanted? So they, they made the office like, we're going to agree if you step down? Yeah, but, or did we get that wrong here on continental Europe? Did, 
did well, these? No, the, is that a misinformation? That, that is fundamentally right, but the 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 situation with that is just uh, alarming in the fact that you're you're saying okay, one of the biggest defeats in government history, where they um, voted to deny that policy going through or the the deal going through, and then the prime minister says, well, okay, well. If you accept it, I promise to quit. And then they start going, oh, okay, in that in that case, it must, must be a good deal then. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the either, whole... the, either the deal is okay, good or it's okay. not good. Yeah, what from, from, from that point, I agree. Yes, yes. From that point, I, I, I do agree with, with what you're saying. It's it, it's it's nonsense, yeah. But uh, the, 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 the from from what I heard in, in our news is that the, the parliament or even the whole government, they don't even know what they want and uh yeah yeah i mean the whole thing's more morally corrupt from from start to finish i mean you've got a bunch of people um who have said yeah okay i'll vote for your deal even though i think it's ridiculous and i i think it's a bad deal but i'll vote for it if you quit and why will they vote for it if she steps down is it because she's a woman well you know i'm gonna go there it makes me wonder whether there's a huge whether there's a huge amount of um, sexism from the peop- the old boys network who have been in Parliament for God knows how long, and they they just basically want to get the silly woman out of the way so Boris Johnson can carry on. But oh my goodness, I just I just don't understand what's going on. In fact, we had that. I don't know whether whether you signed the petition, Mark, but there was that petition that went around last week that you know. We had to just get the government to debate revoking Article 50. And there was almost six million people voted for that, which is by far and away the the strongest petition that has ever been put on the official UK government uh, petition website. And they've just poo-pooed it. Yeah, but my, my decision, what I said last week, is still the same. We had a referendum. The people voted. If you don't like it, I'm sorry, we're a democracy. The majority chose this path. Just just deal with it. Give them what you said that you were going to give them and get it done. But they can't do that because the EU side will not um, agree to the terms that were set out in that. So I can understand them saying, well, OK, well, we, have, we can't give you what you wanted. Um, so we're now going to come back to you and see if you'll accept uh, a lesser thing. That's absolutely fine. I get that. But... Uh, it's, it's just it's nonsensical. The amount of time, energy and resources going into this is just an utter mess. They, we needed a strong leader. We needed a strong leader to go to EU and negotiate from a position of strength. And it's never, ever been done that. They've taken no deal off the table, which is a, was a massive bargaining chip. If we turn around to the EU and say, here... Um, if you don't accept it, we'll, we'll deal. With, we'll come with no deal. We'll have a bra- hard Brexit, and let me tell you, the rules that we'll put in place will hurt you just as much as it hurt us. It's in nobody's interest, but for some reason, that isn't the position of, of bartering. No, I think so yeah. we just have to wait and see what happens. I think is it tomorrow where we're having the votes? The indic- or is that today? I've, I purposely ignored it today, to be fair. Uh, yeah, both. There's a couple of votes going through, isn't there? They're voting on how many items they're going to uh, put on the um, option list um, and then what will happen thereafter. So. Yeah, it's futile, though. Isn't it? mm. 
we've lost Jess again, haven't we? No, I, I think he accidentally muted himself again. Yeah, I did that oh. again. <laughs> I, I was going to say the whole thing is, is is futile because regardless of us saying what we want, unless the EU27 are willing to actually negotiate again, we can basically go back there like Oliver saying, can we have some more and this is what we want. But unless they're prepared to engage with us, we're just shouting from the top of a mountain at the heavens and nobody's listening. It's just, completely pointless. Just just yeah. come out with no deal. We'll go and make trade deals with whoever we want, however we want, including the EU. Uh, as I say, we're, a, we're the sixth largest economy in the world. From that point of view, people are going to want to trade with us and they're going to want to do reciprocal trading. The EU are not going to want to um, uh, hurt everybody on this side because... Right. The German car industry will have uh, a massive hit if we don't continue buying uh, the BMWs and the Audis and, and everything. It's No one wants to have any silly situations like that. So why why do it? It's a big kindergarten where everyone is just saying, OK, you broke that's the, my, that's you the broke my sense stuff. And, um, well, yeah. But, yeah. but again, I think that... Um, the the British people, like I said, they voted to leave. Okay, we need to find a way for this to make it happen. And uh, I guess the 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 ones that uh, the the negotiation and and come come to think about it now, when when talking about it, um, it's 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 what you said when when you had a strong leader that came. Okay, here's what we have to offer. And the EU says, of course, that's with all negotiations. Uh, here's what we have to offer, and we, we're gonna accept not this much. And uh, yeah, so uh, the, the discussion needed to to come, or, yeah. or need, needed to proceed, so to say. Yeah, we we needed a strong leave leader to actually do the negotiations, and unfortunately, we had a Remainer negotiating our leave and it meant that it dragged on for as long as it did we did really didn't get what the br people who voted for brexit wanted um and we're left in this bizarre situation where nobody wants what's on the table but it looks like that's what the mps are going to vote for anyway yeah <laughs> but, the, so. but the, this this what has happened this week in the fact that um this deal that was put to parliament and parliament said overwhelmingly no this is not what it should be it's not good enough it leaves us in too many question marks this isn't acceptable um a week later the same deal is there it has not changed but there is now a self-serving scenario where may is suggested where she will leave and therefore you've got the political parties seeing that there's going to be a general election okay there's a chance to get them in power um in the conservative party it's going to go to a leadership vote so there's a whole jostling of positions in there it's all self-serving in that house yep yeah absolutely not, it's not being set up for the the benefit of the country and the people no it's it's shown that our system just doesn't seem to work where we are today with the uh, openness of everything 24-hour news social yep. media yep. you know there's so many different ways of getting the information that people want having just a two-party system don't work anymore 
maybe we should have put up some fancy monitoring system for all that <laughs> to, to, to alert in advance. Okay, there's something coming up that might not be beneficial for you. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> here's, we a, could... here's an alert. Please restart that service back there. We, we could create a, a, a BS monitoring system. So that every time a, a politician spoke, uh, we, we could send we could send a Slack message um, or or an SMS uh, alert out. Yeah. Every pri every prime minister's question time, you just basically melt the server. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, so I guess we won't come up with uh, any happy outcome tonight. Uh, so I guess we'll. We'll wrap up a little bit and uh, let's go back to our first topic. We had monitoring doesn't matter until it does. We kind of got that. So if we had a monitoring system in place now, we, we probably wouldn't be in the mess uh, with the EU and Great Britain that we are now. <laughs> so <laughs> into the planning stages of every project. <laughs> Uh, b building bridges between network and system teams. Uh, the bridges of Skype didn't build too well as it cut off the conversation and the systems were crashing. So and and, and I fell out. So uh, just do, do you want to wrap up the building bridges between network and system teams a little bit? It's kind of like um, a bit like Bill and Ted, isn't it? Everybody has to be excellent to each other, and that means. The, but all the teams involved in any organization um, need to play nice. And the monitoring tool can be that glue that sticks everybody together. Because if you get buy-in from every team into the monitoring tool, they all start talking together about any instance that happen. And that will build the bridges that you need. Very good. And let's hope the bridges will be built between the EU and the UK as well. well we it, all, it, it all comes back. It all comes back to the to the same topic. Good and work, Holger. Well done. <laughs> I'm coming back. So, uh, and the last one, agent versus agent less. So I guess uh, we three agree that it's it's always like in, in IT. It depends what your needs are. It depends what you can afford. It depends on your concerns. Um, Mark, would you want to see say some final words about agent and agent less? Uh, yeah, I, the the key thing there is uh, it's not a one size fits all. There are um, likely to be um, decisions that need to be looked at across all of the reasons uh, why you're going to go one over the other. Um, there is possibly no perfect. Uh, world in that and there may also be a kind of hybrid model where some is done by one method and some is done by another so I say there are drivers that um, always need to be assessed very carefully to determine which is the correct one to go with all right so I guess that closes today's podcast session and uh, I'm very thankful for you guys to join and have that discussion uh, all the best and take care from still EU and in the future also EU and uh, <laughs> off to you guys. <laughs> we'll always be friends, don't worry. We'll always yeah, be yeah, exactly. We'll buy we, you a beer. Don't worry we, about we it. Have a, we have a common bond between us. Ignore the rest of the, the that's stuff correct. that's going on. That's correct. All right, guys. Then see you next time. See you, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.